So that was kind of like a, what the fuck are you doing with your fucking life right now? Get the fuck up and live. <laughs> that is pretty much wow. me in the face. And, um, wow. yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy. And that's when Ram Dass came into my life. It was kind of like this shift and I swear it was divine timing. Yep. And I started deeply, deeply meditating and searching and, and I went full vegan raw and, and I just tried cleaning out my whole entire life, but I still had him there. Mm. And I knew that that was the last thing that I needed to get rid of. Hey friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but no one really does. So let's talk about it. I am a published author, blogger, and podcast host, and my content explores the intersection of mental health and social media use. And who better to ask about that than the people who need to be online? Every Friday, I speak to influential content creators like authors, entrepreneurs, influencers, bloggers, actresses, coaches, podcasters, and I ask them how they manage a healthy relationship with social media. How do they balance showing up here and doing their work while maintaining a healthy mental state? The Perfect Podcast is a filter-free zone, so we get into all of it. We find out all about the parts of our guest lives that don't make it online. And by the end of it, it feels like you just made a new best friend. We have so much to learn from each other. And my goal for this show is to prove to you that you are not alone. Here's what happens when people stop using filters and start getting real. Let's do it. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, perfect people. This is the second episode of the second season, and I'm really excited you're here, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Um, I wanted to start by kind of sharing a little revelation I had, a big revelation truthfully about myself um that's relevant to the story that we're sharing today in the in the episode so full disclosure long story short i didn't hit record for the beginning of this episode like 25 minutes in i'm recording with the guest and i look at my screen and i wasn't recording any of it and it was the worst feeling in the world i was so embarrassed i just wanted to curl up in a ball and die and um yeah, she was luckily super understanding and I caught it like right as she was like getting into the story that I had brought her on the, the, the podcast to share. So I caught it. We started right when she was sharing the story and I got the whole thing recorded and it's, it's fucking beautiful and I can't wait to share it with you. But the quick revelation, I initially, of course, was, you know, gut reaction, super embarrassed, like I wanted to die. But then I thought about how proud I am of myself for not letting that stop me from getting it done because, you know, I realized it. I immediately told her and we just kind of rolled with it and moved on. And that has been a theme throughout this entire process of like birthing this perfect project, like the podcast, the the Facebook group, the events I'm putting together, like everything that has come from this little idea that popped into my head however many months ago has gone through that process of me like fucking up and just moving on and fucking up and moving through it. And it's like, it took me a moment to like sit down and think about it, but that's like a huge deal for me (laughs) because I've been 
stifled by my perfectionism for so long. And I never really like put in the time to figure out why or where it came from. But this perfect thing that fell into my lap, like big magic, like this idea that I ran with, it is the cure to my perfectionism. And I didn't realize it was for me. And this whole time, the intention of the show, the goal was to create a vehicle to share other people's stories with an audience to like connect everybody and and prove that like nobody has it figured out. There is no such thing as perfect. And we're all kind of just doing our best. And I didn't realize how much that was for me as it was for you guys, the audience, and like how applicable it was for me. Because I've been, you know, I've stopped myself from doing so many things from the fear of like not being perfect. And the perfect brand is all about the fact that there's no such thing as perfect and you should do it anyway and it'll still be great and you still have so much value to offer and you still have so much work to do and so much to bring to the world. And as soon as you let go of the idea of being perfect or being perfect enough, like as soon as you let go of that, you can do the work you're meant to do. And I never put two and two together and realized how much that messaging was for me, (laughs) but it is. And it came up today in my therapy session where I basically was kind of like unpacking this hang up that I have where I get really, really triggered if people think I'm stupid. So you can call me fat, you can call me ugly, whatever. Like you can throw all sorts of insults at me and criticism and like nothing really lands and like I don't really take it personal. But if you call me stupid, I am so instantly triggered and I just shut down. Like I can't handle it. And so we were kind of like working backwards and figuring out where that came from. And basically what I realized is that ever since I was little, like as long as I can remember, my entire identity has been wrapped around being smart. So I was never the athlete. Like I was so far from ever being the athlete. I was never the athlete. I was never like the cute, popular girl who always had the like trendy clothes. Um, but I was always like really good at school and I was funny and clever and I could write really well and had a lot of insights. So those are the things that I would always like hang my hat on. Like that was what I wrapped my identity around. I am that person. And if I'm ever put in a situation where those things are called into question, or they're not being valued and affirmed, I don't know how to respond. Because I'm like, if I'm not that, what am I? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I can't continue being a person if I'm not those things. And what I realized or what I have to do work on now is getting to a place of security where I know I'm those things, whether or not people are affirming them. And I can fuck up and still be smart. And I can say the wrong thing and still be smart. And that just ties in with this whole perfect concept, like not hitting record or like scheduling something on the wrong day. Like all these little fuck ups I've been doing with the perfect podcast are just little examples for me to remember that like I'm still producing something really valuable, even though I'm fucking up left and right. And it's just like a metaphor, I guess, for me to realize that that just comes up a lot in my life. So yeah, I'm, 
I don't know if this resonates with anyone else, but it was like a big revelation I had that is super applicable to like what happened with the beginning of this episode. Um, so that's my spiel. But back to the guest. Um, so our guest today is Bianca Mestre Cabrero. And I brought her on to the podcast after she shared very like candidly with me, just like in a direct message. She responded to something I posted and she like shared something about her marriage and it like knocked me on my ass. I was like, what did you just say? Like, please tell me more. And she like kind of got into the story of her marriage and it blew me away. It was like, I I immediately messaged her. I was like, can you please come on the podcast and, and share more about this? Because it's so insightful. It's so interesting. It's so expansive. Like, I really want to share it with my audience. And she graciously accepted that invitation. And I'm so, so happy she did. Um, but like I said, I didn't record like the first <laughs> 25 minutes of her talking to me. So I kind of just want to run through that part before I um, jump into the interview because it was kind of like that beginning banter where we're like catching up and she's sharing like who she is and how she got where she is and, and all of that. And that's all super important. So I'm just going to kind of like give it to you in bullet points just to catch everyone up so you understand the context of our conversation. Um, so I'm going to do that right after this message. Okay, so I'm going to try and make this quick because I really, really want to get into the episode because it's going to blow your mind. But I wanted to kind of explain how I know Bianca and a bit about who she is just before we get into it since I missed that whole part of it. But um, Bianca is someone that I met when I was very young. I was like maybe in elementary school and she would dance with my very best friend. And I would always go to my friend's like recitals and dance classes and tag along with her everywhere. So I would see Bianca in, in different like instances. And then over the years, as we grew up, she continued dancing with that friend and different other friends. And I kind of would always just see her around. And then after we graduated college, we were like back living home. And my, my best friend, the one who would dance with Bianca invited me to a yoga class of hers. So she had gotten into yoga and became a teacher. And I was like super into yoga. I mean, I'm still very involved in it, but that was like right when I was getting like really, really into it. And I was taking classes all the time and learning about it. And I went to this class, this workshop she was doing on like handstands and it was so cool. And as I realized like how much I had in common with her and we really like clicked. So I started following her around on the internet and she followed me and we were just like follow each other. And then after we both became moms and we both started like showing up and making a space for ourselves um, within our own communities and sharing our voices, we started realizing like how cut from the same cloth we were. And so that's kind of like where our friendship flourished. And we've just been like in touch a lot via Instagram and just like rooting for each other and sharing with each other. And it's been this really beautiful friendship. So I saw a video that Jason Silva did um, that he shared on his Instagram. If you don't follow Jason Silva, he's always sharing like really mind expanding conversations and insights. Um, so I'll link the video I'm talking about in the notes, but he did a video sharing his interpretation of marriage. And just to be sure, his interpretation was basically that marrying someone isn't about knowing you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life. It's about trusting that you are and trusting that that's what the other person wants as well, that you want the same things. So I shared that. I thought it was very insightful. And she responded to it saying like, how, you know, thanking me for sharing it, how much it resonated with her. And then she shared a bit about her marriage story. And I was like, 
uh, what? <laughs> like you need, excuse me, please share more. So she shared a bit more. I was asking her questions and I was like, yo, I need to interview you on the podcast. Cause this is a story that needs to be shared. Like this is going to like expand people's minds and blow people's hearts wide open and really like help people tap into this like other level of like insight and understanding. And she graciously accepted that invitation and came on the show and, and we recorded it. So Luckily, I hit record right when she was getting started <laughs> on this story. So you'll be hearing her share about her journey of of dating and getting married and all the twists and turns it took. And it was like listening to like a movie. It was just, it was gorgeous and brutal. And there was so much insight. And I, it's just keep your ears open because it's it's gonna blow your mind. Um, but Quickly before that, I just wanted to share a bit about who she was for context because we missed that part of her introducing herself and what she does. But she is a yoga teacher and community leader. And um, in bullet point form, just to be quick, basically, she has always been curious about spirituality and the magic realm and all of that. But it wasn't until she was like in her like early 20s that she started like just really tapping into it and learning and educating herself and getting into yoga. So she was a dancer forever. Like I explained, she was dancing when she was little, but she found physical yoga on her journey toward healing after an injury. And it just like shot her wide open. And, and it was this like catalyst toward more and more self-discovery through that medium. Um, You'll hear about this in the episode, but she did have a few different experiences in her life that felt like rock bottom, like like the very, very worst. And during those times, she found the teachings of Ram Das. And if you're not familiar with his teachings, I'm going to link him as well in the show notes. He's just, gosh, I don't even know what to say. He has so much to offer. His teachings are so, they're like food for the soul. Like they just, they they speak to you on another level, on another plane. It's just really, it's a lot. It's great. So he inspired her a lot to just keep digging into that and like into that healing journey. And she really, you know, started healing spiritually and emotionally and mentally. And she realized like over time that she had always been like afraid to show up as her true self and to really like step into that and show up as that person. And, um, that kind of is what inspired her to start her movement and her community, which is called the I am movement. Um, and it represents, you know, that she's always learning, always moving, always loving. And that just comes across in like everything she does, everything she puts out there, all the work she does. So she gets more into, into what all of that means to her in our, in our talk. But I kind of wanted to just give you a brief rundown as to who she is. So you kind of know who you're hearing from because she's just she's just this like magic fairy lady like she's so cool like if if you I, I think this comes across when you hear from her but she's just so at the same time rooted and grounded while also like just kind of like being in the clouds and like airy and up here like she's just both at the same time and it's just wonderful to be around and to engage with so I loved speaking to her. Like this was legit one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite conversations to have like with another person. Like it was so enriching and fulfilling. And I just like 
couldn't peel myself away. So I have a hunch that you're going to feel the same way. Um, Real quick, just remember, please hit subscribe. Please rate and review if you haven't already. It makes a huge difference. Telling your friends, inviting people to join us in the community on Facebook, on Instagram, all the things. Like we... We love, we love to have you <laughs> and your friends with us. So thank you again for all of your support and enjoy this episode with Bianca. So should so I start from the top or, or keep going where I was? I would, I would say start from the top. So okay, start okay. from you, you were dating <laughs> your high school. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. So, it's really okay. Wedding. I, I know, I know you're understanding and, and, and sympathetic, but I'm just so you know People are going to watch this and they're going to crack up at this too. So let's <laughs> made people smile and laugh. So, so. Okay. Hello. I, I have a podcast. <laughs> Learning <laughs> on the fly. Everybody, this is Lauren. <laughs> She's Talk about perfect. Talk about perfect. She's totally perfect. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Here we go. So, Bianca, please, if you can again, start your story about your marriage and how, and the, starting from the beginning, because okay. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. So, um, now I can make it shorter. Okay. Um, with someone since I was 16 and it was a nine year relationship and we were engaged twice and, and it was really fun. It was really good. Um, where I was so focused on like, this was the guy that I was going to marry that, um, I kind of dipped on my friends and started doing like, I want to say drugs, but I started smoking a lot of weed, like a lot of weed and, and drinking a lot and just staying home and becoming a very lazy person, but still having like my yoga in the background, which is like the only thing that was my escape from all this. And then um, diving into and finding Ram Dass, which was in kind of in the early stages of my relationship with, um, my ex-boyfriend, um, he kind of just woke me up. It woke me up a little bit and it was like, is this the reality I want to live or not? And I started kind of lying and not being fully honest with where I was, who I was with. And I started exploring other relationships. Um, and it just, it became a very toxic thing, not only from me, but from him too. And kind of abusive in a way where it was like, if I wanted to wear a dress one day, he was like, where are you going like that? Instead of, wow, you look beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I started really resenting that and wanting to like be mean, be really mean. And um, it was just a mess. It was a mess. I had a scare, a, a life scare. Um, and I started seeing a therapist, put me on antidepressants and um, some Ambience and Xanax. And it was one night that it was the first time we had ever gotten physical and like physical in terms of like abusive. And I really don't remember. My best friend, Nicole was here and she was, she went to sleep in the room because she had taken a Xanax too. And she was like, I'm tired. I'm passing out and went into my room and fell asleep. And I went outside because I wanted to go out and I wanted to continue partying and Andy didn't want to. And um, to make this a really quick summary, um, he ended up trying to punch me and he punched the palm tree. He like busted his knuckles and I got in the car and I left. And then I woke up on the floor with my window smashed in a 7-Eleven with fire rescue all around me. And mm. I can't what happened. Yeah, 
I have no idea what happened. So that was kind of like a, what the fuck are you doing with your fucking life right now? Get the fuck up and live. <laughs> that is pretty much slapped wow. me in the face. And um, wow, yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy. And that's when Ramdas came into my life. It was kind of like this shift. And I swear it was divine timing. Yeah. And I started deeply, deeply meditating and searching and, and I went full vegan, raw, and, and I just tried cleaning out my whole entire life, but I still had him there. Mm. And I knew that that was the last thing that I needed to get rid of. And because look at everything that happened. And I was like, no, it's, it's, it's the source. He is the source of all of this pain and all of this thing. Yeah. I've contributed to it because I did a lot of lying and cheating and, and things behind his back, but it was only because of resentment. And so I started working at the JCC, the community center, the center that I'm currently at. Along the way, I opened my own yoga studio. He was unsupportive. I called off my wedding and then we were split for a few months and then I got back together with him and then it wasn't the same. And then I asked God for a sign. I asked him for a sign and I said, give me something that confirms that this is not for me. And I went to sign my contract at the JCC because I now, like the studio that I worked at that was inside the JCC was its own separate independent business. They closed and then the community center wanted to take the classes and add it to their membership. Mm -hmm. So that's when they contacted me. <clears throat> and so I went in to sign the contract for that. And when I was talking to the fitness center director, I was sitting there and she was like, oh my goodness. And behind me, there's like a window. And she was like, oh, this is my favorite employee here. His name is Juan. You're going to love him. If you ever need anything, he's so helpful. Blah, 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 blah. Juan walks in. Mm -hmm. he opens door and he looks at me and I see this macho muscle man, a guy that I would never like. Let me tell you, the type of muscles, the, the Latin, like I was like, Ugh, no. Ugh. <laughs> and he looked at me and I was like, <laughs> and I, the first awkward thing that I did was just reach my hand out. Like, and I firmly like so deeply embedded my fingers in his hand and he makes up to this day. He was like, that was such the weirdest handshake ever. I, I shook his hand so hard because I didn't want him to kiss me on the cheek and he was going for it and he totally went in and I was just like ah, not letting go of his hand and that's it he left and I was like I'm marrying that guy oh my god it was just like boom and I was like that's the sign that's the sign and then I'm like ew but he's not my type like he's ugh. like he's so latin and cuban and and look at those muscles it's like something I've never I've always like white boys yeah white my voice. <laughs> it was so bizarre. <laughs> Whatever. He left. I didn't see him for a few months. Right. And I, and I was like, you know what? Um, if it's meant to be, it'll come back to me. And I went harder into my spiritual work work and I was doing yoga intensely in my backyard. I had just rented out a really cute, cute cottage like townhouse and it was really nice beautiful deck outside and I kept seeing signs in animals and snakes were appearing butterflies and I started researching I'm like what do these things mean what do these mean and butterflies obviously metamorphosis and snake is shedding the skin transformation and it was no coincidence within those three months three different people tried introducing us <laughs> and one Oh, you got to meet Juan. You got to come meet Juan. And it's funny enough, they were my clients from before and they were friends of his from the community center. 
but we had never made the connection. So I worked at that community center for about three years before I even knew he existed. Wow. He had been working there. He's been there for like 12, 13 years. And we had never crossed paths. Never. Talk about divine timing. <laughs> and then finally, we crossed again after those three months. <clears throat> and he requested me on Facebook and he's like, oh, I have this, this messed up shoulder and I think I need to do yoga and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought he was serious. And I was like, sure, we could do this. It's probably your rotator cuff. And I was getting all scientific. And then he finished the conversation with, oh, by the way, I think you're so hot. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh? Okay. Mind you, I was still with my ex. I was still with my ex, but I was, I was asking for the signs and for the confirmation that this is it. Mm -hmm. And then finally, like I decided to let Juan in. Mm -hmm. I thought he was this muscle head, dumb ass that didn't know anything. And that just goes to the gym. He's all beefed up. Very sexy, obviously, because now it grew on me. Yeah. And we sat down and we had a conversation about history mm. and he was spitting knowledge at me. And I was like, who is this guy? Oh my God. He's got <laughs> muscles and a brain. <laughs> and <clears throat> I was so stereotypical. It was so bad of me to judge. It hit me right there. It's so mean. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then we were walking out to the car and he was like, you want to go smoke with me? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm so down because obviously I love weed and I still love weed and I'll forever love weed. It makes me just, my medicine mm -hmm. so I was like I'm down let's go smoke a blunt so we went out to his car and we sat in his car and we're smoking and then he just stopped and he grabbed my face and kissed me and it was not something I ever expected and I pushed him away and I go what do you want <laughs> like what is this and he's like I don't know what do you want and I was like part of me was like I need to scare him away because what if this isn't really what I'm feeling or two I'm just gonna be full out honest and I'm gonna say what I gotta say. And I looked at him and I was like, I wanna get married, I wanna have babies, and I wanna live my happy ever after. And I'm ready to do that. And I've been wasting my time for nine years. Well, it wasn't nine years. Like, like for the last five years, I was wasting my time, cheating, lying, and doing all this stupid shit when I could have been living my life, but I was so stagnant and complacent that I was too afraid to make any leap of faith. And I just bleh, blurted out. <laughs> and he looked me dead in the face, Lauren. I swear, and he was like, I could do that. Let's do it. Yo. Oh my God. I, like, I have chills. This is awesome. I was like, you're joking, right? And he's like, no, I'm ready too. I've just been waiting for the right woman to come into my life and it's you. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay, well, all right. He's like, so what do you need from me? What do you have to do? And I was like, well, I got to move out. I got to break up with my boyfriend. Like, mm -hmm. how about, I was, I was wearing diamonds on my finger. <laughs> So you were engaged at this point. Well, I just started wearing it because I liked my ring. It was a beautiful, yeah. pretty diamond. It had sapphires in it. I was like, oh, I'm going to wear it. Whoa. Yeah, but it obviously didn't mean anything at mm. that point. And right. I literally, I don't know, it was probably like a couple weeks. And I, I called my mom and I was like, mom, this is what's going on. And, and this is what I'm going to do. And she was like, okay, well, make sure it's what you want to do. And I support it. Mm. And I was, once she said that, I guess like that, that confirmation, I was like, oh, I grew this confidence because there's nothing like having your mom on your back. Yeah. And yeah. I just did it. Like my parents, I told, obviously I told Andy and I was honest. I didn't play the game of I'm leaving you. I don't know what I want to do with my life. No, I was like, I'm in love with someone else. 
I don't know about it, but I just know that I'm in love with them and I'm going to do it. Like I just have to, I just have to go. And of course it was awful. We fought over the townhouse. I wanted to keep it because it was a beautiful home. It was my source that found it. I was making enough money to afford it. And, and it was like two weeks back and forth. He couldn't find a place. And then it was like, fine, I'll go back to my mom's. And that seemed to be like the most peaceful exit. Mm -hmm. JC came, he helped me pack all my things. My parents came and helped me move all of my furniture out like the things that I had purchased and all my clothes and all the kitchenware. And I came and my parents set me up a brand new room in here in my house that I grew up in. And I went on my first real date. I had never been on a real date ever. And JC Juan, JC took me to crazy about you. Cause I told him I've never been, I've never been on a romantic date. Like I've never been on that. That's and, a really, really nice restaurant here in Miami. Right? Like on the water. I did a date there once and I was so like, fancy. very impressed. <laughs> before like I had never experienced a man so willing to give me anything like throughout those two weeks of me going through the the transition he helped pay off so much of my debt Mm. like willingly like thousands of dollars of debt and I was like who is this guy like I don't I uh, what what are his intentions are they the same as mine because of course you begin to question his intuition right and I just went with it I was like trust this is the sign you asked for you asked for it it came so just go with it Mm with it I just kept going with it and then that night we were like you want to have a baby let's have a baby on the first date on that first first date of your life yeah and my son Ray (laughs) he made it (laughs) like you made a baby that night I think so yeah I think it was that night or the night after or something we tried we tried like three nights in a row and it was like intentional oh Oh my god and then um when I found out I was pregnant, well, I kind of knew because I, I, I feel like I feel everything inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I swear I felt implantation. I swear I felt like everything form. And I, I took a, a pregnancy test at like three in the afternoon, which is really not when you should one should take one. You should do it in your first, your first pee in the morning. Oh, okay. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cause the, the hormone levels would be mm-hmm. the strongest in your first one. And um, I took it like three in the afternoon and the line was so faint. And I was like, there's no false positives. Like this is, this is a positive. And then I took a second one an hour later and it was positive. And I was like, yeah. shit, I'm like, this freaking worked. <laughs> and I called my mom and I was like, mom, I think you need to sit down. <laughs> She's like, you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mom, yeah. She's like, are you happy? I'm like, yeah, this is what we wanted. And she was like, okay, I'm happy too. Let's have a baby. I was like, okay, we're having a baby. Why is everybody on board with this? Like yeah. everybody yeah. was so like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. His parents too. We got uh, there and we had to obviously tell his parents that we were having a baby, that I was pregnant. And this was a, within like a month of being together. Wow. Yeah. And um, when we went to tell his mom, she was like, she only speaks Spanish. And she was like, oh, yeah. She was. She looked at me and she goes, oh, I knew. And then she went to her room and brought out a sippy cup. And she was like, I bought this because I had a feeling the other day that you were going to tell me that you guys were going to have a baby. Oh, my God. Is she so Cuban? Cool. Is she Cuban? Oh, my God. Cuban moms, man. I have one of those. They know. They have they this just She just knows. Yeah. And, and then she was like, so you're going to get married? And we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we're going to get married. And then we got married. So this was April. We got married in July. 
Wow. And you were what? How many months pregnant? You told me, but I was about 18 weeks. I was five months. I didn't know the sex yet. I didn't know if mm-hmm. I was having a boy yet. So it was like that right before time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I had my wedding in my backyard. My mom and I did it all DIY and my girlfriends. Mm. And let me tell you, it's the best thing I've ever done in my whole entire life was mm. um, just trust my intuition. Mm. I never trusted it. And just having that instant poof in my face of, I'm going to marry this guy. And like, he's been the greatest thing. Like, yeah, we have our, we're learning. We're growing. I'm, I still have so much to know about him, but I'm convinced that we were lovers in a lifetime before. Yeah. And I know one day I'm going to go to a hypnotherapy session mm-hmm. and regression and totally f- like see where I can find him in another life. Yeah. Because oh easy it's easy we're so easy yeah it just makes sense it's like not work he gets me mm. and I get him and I hear his thoughts I I, I don't think we're soulmates I think we're twin flames mm-hmm. as we're so aligned like we're so aligned and I've touched a part of me spiritually because he's very spiritual um in his religion and his studies mm-hmm. and it's brought that earthy spirituality out of me and it's just working he respects my work he believes in me he believes in my work he's there for my events he he's an amazing father um he likes to push my buttons that's a joke in the house that (laughs) the shit out of me but what husband isn't good at that (laughs) but I also nag and control because I'm type a with my kids that everything needs to be a certain way but like he gets it and he goes with it. So that's pretty much my story. God damn. And for Luna, we planned her too. We were like, let's have, let's have a baby today. And boom, we had a baby that day. <laughs> you guys are like manifesting 101. Like you guys just have got it figured out. You solved, you solved the Rubik's cube. It's done. But we're not planners. We don't plan. So we are very, um, not impulsive, but more of like, okay, I want this. Yeah. I'm going to work to it and I'm going to get it. You're like confident decision makers, I would say. Like when the decision comes to mind, you're like, that's the right one. Mm -hmm. And we trust and we go with it. And then I'm, I'm more of the less trusty. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more fearful. He's very confident, very grounded. And he really, really pushes me to, Mm to believe in that part of me, of believe that I'm grounded, believe that I am like, I'm solid in my truth and I could do it. Like, and that's why I stay at home with my kids. Yeah. Because he's like, stay at home with the kids and build your business, build your life so that later we could be rocking in a yoga studio or own a wellness center. And you could be having all of these lives changed because of one thing you found in a book. Damn. Yoga, you know? So I'm really grateful that I, that I grew the balls because I wouldn't have before. Like there were so many opportunities, but I just didn't, I didn't, they didn't slap me in the face as, as hard as this one did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to wait for the wake up call, right? Cause it could be a lot worse than, than that. 
I had a, a talk with my friend. I don't know if you were familiar with Hillary Pearlson when we were younger, but she was on the podcast the other day and she was sharing her health story. Um, and she ended up having like a bone marrow transplant and has had really hard health issues. But it was the conversation turned into like, don't wait for your body to like send you a wake up call because she had like all of these signs and all of these other hits like you're sick, get it fixed until she finally like the last straw hit and she went and got checked out. And yeah, you don't want to wait for that final wake up call, that big, big, big one. But when it does come, I, the story seems to be similar in a lot of other people. Like that's the one that makes all the difference and it changed. It makes, it makes you make change. It forces your hand. Yeah. And like, really have I another way to go now and be like, man, I wasted so much time, but I needed that time. I needed that time to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I needed to feel, I needed to get really down and dirty and in all different yucky kinds of myself to realize that that's not who I wanted to be because that's who I was at that time. And that's what my decisions had led me to. And, and this is something I actually talked about in my classes yesterday, my class last night, was you can create all the boundaries you want, but the moment you let someone in, that's your issue. It's not theirs. It's not their fault for coming in and disturbing your peace. You have to hold yourself accountable and hold that person accountable for hurting you. And then at the end of it all, you're alone. Like you're alone in whatever's inside of you. Like, yes, our goal in life is to find a companion, Some some people it's not, some people it's career driven, it's traveling, it's other things. But I would say majority of our population of our generation is like, we want to find companionship. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it all, like there's so much that that other person can do because they're not inside of you. They're not feeling what you're feeling. They're not thinking what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you from their thought, from their feeling. And if you just create that boundary of, okay, I'm responsible for all of this. This is me. This has nothing to do with anybody else then you can make the right decisions. And once I, once I just trusted God, I trusted like, cause God isn't everything. Like it's not just this one entity that we all think is this magical source. No, it's in the trees that I'm looking at right now. It's in the sunshine. It's in you, it's in me, it's in the computer that's giving us this connection. Once I trusted in that and I fully surrendered to it, it gave me that opening of the signs are coming now, Bianca, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to listen to the signs? You're going to let them pass by. Are you going to change your life? Who cares what anybody thinks? Because that was one thing that, you know, a long time ago when I was in the relationship with my ex, Andy, I was afraid of, I was like, man, we have, we have all the same friends. We have everything established. Like our families are, are know each other very well. Like if I leave him, like that's all going to go away. But with, JC, when I, when I was ready to make that decision with him, it didn't matter to me if I lost all of that because I really wasn't losing anything. Mm -hmm. I was taking away a part of me that was so toxic that needed to go. It needed to go. And the ones who supported me are the ones who are going to show up. Mm. And that's what happened. Yeah. That was something I was going to ask you because you were saying, you know, there was a part, a point when you like told everyone you were pregnant, we were like, why is everyone on board with this? Like, this is so great. Like I would, I'm curious of like how your, your friends reacted and like, did you lose some, some friends that you thought were close in the process or like what, what was the relationship with like your, like girlfriends and like sisterhood and all of that? Like, was there anything around that? 
Well, I had, I, I have like two solid best friends that I've had, like one of them, Nicole, I mentioned her already. I've had her as a friend since we were like four years old mm-hmm. and she actually went to Devonair. You probably know who she is because she knows Leanne. Nicole who? Uyoa. She went to Devonair um, and then she went to- That's our elementary school for, for reference, but I'm sure I know, I'm sure I would know her by face. I don't recognize that. Yeah, name. She, she knows like the, your same group. And then- What's her last name again? Uyoa. Nicole Leoa. Uyoa, yeah. And she was our grade? Yeah. She went to Southwood with me. You guys went to- um, Arvida. Arvida, and then we went to Southwood. Okay. But you didn't go to Devonair? No. I went to Catholic school. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, no, I usually am like really good with names. I'll have to look her up, but okay. So, so back on track. She, she was always like my ride or die. That's what we call each other. Ride or die. And always would push me to be away from Andy. Right. And he knew she, she would always tell me, she's like, bro, that's not your guy. Like, no, go fuck it. Just go, go out. Let's go out. And she would, we would call it riding dirty mm-hmm. and we would go out at night and we'd have a blast. And she was always there and she's still there. And my other one is Melissa. She, um, she went to high, middle school and high school with me, beautiful dancer. And she's the godparents of Ray. Mm-hmm. And she was actually really good friends with Andy too. And Andy's friends because everybody danced together. Andy was a mm-hmm. ballet as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we all danced together. And so I was nervous that she would be like, oh, it's kind of weird and then maintain that friendship. But the moment I spoke my truth, she was like, she's, she's more of like, okay, so Nicole and Melissa, Nicole is like my devil on the shoulder here, but mm-hmm. the devil that's out for, like, who wants good for me, but wants me to have fun and experience life. Mm-hmm. And then Melissa is the, the mindful, very wise voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very so good vibe. to have. <laughs> wow. Like, it's so lucky to have those people in your life. I can't believe they even stayed. I can't believe they even stayed because I was a pretty awful person for a little bit of time. Um, but Melissa was just like, look, you have to just be honest with yourself. And, and she's the one who told me that I needed to really speak everything that I was feeling. And I took it upon myself to be the adult. And I went to Andy and I told him, I'm like, look, I'm pregnant. I'm going to get married. This is what's happening. And I don't want you to find out through so-and-so and then think that I've done this all behind your back no like I left you and then I got pregnant and mm-hmm. yes I was you know unfaithful to you because I began a very intimate relationship with someone else mm-hmm. because I that's the only word I can think of that describes my connection with JC is it's just this merging of spirit that we have um and that was it and she was that voice that was like you gotta be honest and mm-hmm. then everybody kind of rode with it yeah of course some people fell off and were jealous I Mm. did have a lot of jealousy um Mm. my brother one of my brothers that um he was more jealous in the fact of that my mom was so open to moving back home and having a wedding here that he didn't even come to my wedding Mm. yeah it was very very weird and it's still weird I haven't seen him in a long time he ended up getting divorced Wow. Um, the woman he was with, who was my friend that I set them up. Mm. Um, well, a friend of my, uh, a sister of my friend. And that was like the only weird, like, disconnect. Mm-hmm. And then 
I just feel like everybody just naturally will go and come. Right. I'm okay with it all because I have what I need. Right. I don't need a ton of friends. That's such a valuable insight. I don't, I, 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 that's one thing like in this year, because I don't like to set resolutions, but I like to theme myself and it's closing the circle a little bit and really focusing on the things that I already have instead of like opening it up too much where the boundaries get lost. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. And not to quote myself, I guess, but something I wrote in the, in my first book was um, the person you're going to end up with is out there becoming the person you're going to end up with. And like, to your point about being like this very messy version of yourself and figuring out all the parts of yourself that you like didn't want to continue having or continue showing up. Like all of that is necessary. Like when you're in those moments, it's obviously hard to see the forest through the trees and that any of it is like making any sense or meaningful, but those really, really nasty, gross parts of life, like are doing something. You're doing something. I think it took a lot of um, patience and maturing to take those as blessings Mm. because there's no way in hell that I would be here if none of that would have happened to me or if I didn't endure any of that because I I feel like I survived some some crazy shit. Like I was ill. I wasn't like there's nothing like seriously wrong with me, but I think mental health is just as serious as any other disease. It's mm-hmm. a cancer. I feel like mental health is a freaking cancer that we need to get control over. And that was, I was suffering mentally, big time and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have had that moment where I was just laying on the ground and I vividly remember laying on the ground and all the lights of paramedics and I'm looking at a paramedic laying down with me and he had like these goggle glasses on mm-hmm. and I was holding his hand and he was like, you okay, you're okay. And I was like, who are you? Like, where the fuck am I? And he's like, you asked me to lay down with you until, until you woke up and you're ready to get up. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm here. I got you. Like whenever you're ready, let's go. And I'm like, huh? And then the cop that was, that could have given me a nasty DUI. I never got a DUI never got a DUI. He found my acceptance letter into grad school in the backseat of my car. And he oh said, Oh my God, I have chills. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, today, today, we could say that today is not your day, but today is your day because an angel is over you and I'm letting you go home. Mm. Uh-huh. And I went home. My mom came, picked me up. My dad drove my car home and, and I went to sleep for God knows how many hours. And it felt like a funeral. Like I felt like I died and, and, and came back to life. I don't know. It was bizarre. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That is so intense. That Mm -hmm. is, it's just so enriching to like hear this story from you because it's just so real. Like it's, that's like a real life thing, you know, like you hear about these like stories right? Like, oh, like the, you know, divine timing and signs and whatever. But like, when you hear this, like from a person, from their mouth, like it's crazy. This happens to people. Like everyone has experienced something like that in their life. It's so real. Man, that is intense. I I never, and I never knew that. I would have never known that about you. I mean, I'm emotional. Like I just had to like pinch myself to stop crying. (laughs) 
a little bit because this is like the first time I've had I've had someone really ask me because mm. you know when I started posting that because I never told anybody that I had like I never really made it public public that I was breaking up with Andy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. starting this new life I kind of just did it disappeared for a little bit for a couple weeks and then when I found out that I was having a baby with a man that I truly felt connected with, I felt no shame in sharing it. And I shared it. And I thought, wow, there's so many people that I danced with that knew me and Andy and that we were just Andy and Bianca, Andy and Bianca, Andy and Bianca. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like nobody's, nobody knows really the story, but I felt a peace in me that felt like I didn't have to share it. Mm-hmm. And then now being asked to share it, was like really special because Mm. I know that a lot of people are suffering currently in their relationships. I know there's a lot of women and men that are just with someone because, okay, marriage, yeah, that's the next step. And they're too afraid to be themselves and be with someone who excites them, who challenges them, who, who really brings out every single part of them to, to dissect and, and, and just learn more about, and they're just afraid to get there and they're suffering and they're slowly dying inside. And I'm, and when you asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, I'll spill my guts. I'm a little afraid, but I'll spill it because you know what? Maybe someone needs to hear this because they're suffering in a relationship. And before they start making all these crazy mistakes or choices, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say mistakes, mm-hmm. choices, and decisions that could potentially hurt them, just take the leap of faith, jump. Yeah. Jump. It's scary, but if you just trust in God, like, and I don't mean to get, I don't, I don't think that's religious or anything, but if you just trust in something and that something's got your back, like, dude, you could, you could, I don't even have a word for it. I just want to, <laughs> like free fall, just free fall. It's your life and you could do whatever you want. <laughs> God, that's so beautiful. And it's not even, I want to make the point that it's not just in regards to relationships, like romantic relationships and, and marriage and all of that. Like this applies to life across the board. Like if you're in a toxic career relationship, friendship, um, relationship with yourself, with food, with anything, like families you have the power to change families. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of like, I know my marriage was definitely something that was intimidating to family uh-huh. in terms of my brothers and my sister-in-laws and, and close people around me. But um, I'm confident in saying that they see something in my marriage that they wish they had, that they wish they could do, but there's something within themselves that's stopping them. So their way of, um, I guess, dealing and coping with what I did and what I've endured and, and gone through and, and what I've changed in my whole life is, is just peacefully retreating. And that's okay. Like, I'm, like I told you a few minutes ago, like, I got everything I need. <laughs> I have a wonderful husband who, who adores me and, I, and, and I'm learning that day by day because sometimes it's hard to accept something that's so beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that was so broken. Mm-hmm. And then to see someone love me for all my crazies because I can get crazy. I'm crazy. I can get very crazy. And the fact that he just stays there and takes it, like it's, it's, 
it, it, I don't even know what to say, but it's hard to believe that it's my life, but it is. And you know what? We don't have a house yet. I'm living here with my parents, but you know what? I'm helping my parents because I don't want to say that my brothers aren't helping them, but I'm giving my parents something right now that they didn't get before. They get to grow old with my children. Yeah. This is my childhood home. Uh-huh. I, I lived here since I was two years old. I got married back here. I've had uh-huh. both of my children live here. My parents get to wake up to, you know, my parents are in their 60s. My dad's 65, my mom's 62 or 63. And, and who knows? Like, I'm not saying it's old, but you never know. Yeah. I'm going to be 30 and I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to even get to March. You never know. Like, that's just life. So I really wanted to focus on providing them with this love so that when they are growing old, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And of course, my brothers don't see it that way. They call me a leech. They call me a moocher. Um, I'm living off my parents. But they don't need to know the details that I pay to live here. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know the details that I help my parents out around the house. We help pay things to get fixed so that when my parents are old, mm-hmm. they can sell this house. They yeah. could sell it. They could do something with it. And it's not just falling apart on them. And it's just been like definitely been something for everybody around here to surrender to and to learn and whoever doesn't like it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's not not for them to like or dislike. And I think that's like a really powerful reminder for people is that all of our decisions have nothing to do with with other people's opinions on them. And it's really hard to remember that. Like it's our constant mental state is like, how is this going to be perceived? How is this going to be received? What are people going to think? But at the end of the day, like when you check in with yourself and it's all making sense for you and the family and the people that matter, what else, what else is there? Like you're, everybody's perception and reception of what you're doing has everything to do with their own point of view, like where they're seeing it from. And yeah, there's so much more baggage there that is nothing to do with you that's creating that lens. Yeah. And, and we're, it's a mirror, like right. whatever. And I've, and I've dealt with this too, cause I just certified a group of beautiful women um, to become yoga teachers this past um, September to December. And there was like, there was a little bit of clashing of energy and it was simply because we're all mirrors and whatever we see in somebody else that we tend to dislike, it's something within ourselves that we're battling. But it takes a very mindful and mature sense of being to to see that. And we're so covered with illusion and with drama and all these stories because we create stories in our head yep. from whatever it is that's given to us. Mm-hmm. And if, if we just stop and see that, the, the quote, and I learned this from a yoga teacher years ago, this quote, I am because you are, period, becomes so powerful. Mm. You are because I am. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Someone the other day said to me, oh, you're so beautiful. Like when I was teaching the full moon class and I looked at her and I was like, I am beautiful because you are. Mm-hmm. And then like, I can't believe that just like came out of me <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's so fucking true. Like what she sees in me is, is her looking at herself in the mirror. Like we're just, we're mirrors. <clears throat> I love that. I love that. And I also, I like to remind myself of this a lot when I'm in like argument with my husband, because that comes up, you're, you know, mo- 
what for one reason he's the only other adult I see most days like he's the only person I interact with so yeah we're gonna like clash and confront and have differing opinions whatever and sometimes when he's doing something that's getting on my nerves or that I don't agree with I try and remind myself like okay what what am I supposed to be learning here like what is he mirroring for me and then I also notice when he's having a moment of like being annoyed with me or disagreeing with me or whatever I have to remind myself like I'm his mirror also and like like I can't change how he acts or reacts to things. I can't change him, but I can take responsibility for my role as a mirror. And if I'm, and leading by example, like the same with kids, like as long as I'm doing my work and showing up in a way that I'm proud of and that I would want my family to show up as as well, that's like really important work, I feel. Like, cause then when they come into interaction with me, I'm supporting them and I'm mirroring what they need and I'm taking responsibility for that role. Yeah, that's something I yeah I have to work on with with it. Question for you for the longest time, and this is like the best opportunity. And I know it's a little off topic. That's fine. Gotta ask, (laughs) how does it feel coming into as a stepmom? Oh yeah. (laughs) Like how does how does it feel in general? Like how did it? How at first when you met your Mm -hmm. husband? How, how did you go about understanding? Cause I don't know, I don't know really your story, yeah, yeah. but, um, when you met him and he told you he had children, what, what did that feel like inside? Cause my husband and I've had many conversations saying like, he could never be with me if I had children, mm-hmm. if I had previous children, like that would be something that would be really hard for him to accept if there was another man that I was in love with, that I was mm-hmm. able to have children with. And, and we've had these conversations. And then after we saw you at the zoo, I right. told him, like, I was like, the oh, little wow. girl is hers. And then the two boys, they're, they're daddies. And he was like, really, how is that? And I was like, you know what? That's something you got to talk to her one day about. <laughs> so, boom. Yeah. I mean, this is a wonderful time, I think, to talk about. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a longer, for, longer discussion than we maybe have time for. But um, in, in, to answer the, the question of like how it felt, and what it felt inside when I found out and chose to move forward and all of that. Yeah. I kind of, it, it's very similar to your situation. Like it was just like a, like a yes. Like there okay. was no questioning. I think another part of it is there was, I had never thought about it before. Like I never considered dating a guy with kids or if I should or shouldn't or how I would, what I would think like that never came to mind. Um, I never considered dating someone who had been married before. Like I had dated a guy, like I went on a couple of dates with a guy before him who was like the only guy I had ever gotten with who had been like separated and then we couldn't continue dating because he like wasn't fully separated. Like it was messy. And that was the only time I had considered it, but I never, I never put too much thought into it. And then when I found out from my husband, it was like on the, right before our second date is when he told me, I remember for context he didn't tell me after our first date we had a wonderful first date it was like you know from the movies it was wonderful and then I internet stalked him and which is just a side hustle of mine that I'm just very good at um and um I've found a photographer who had taken pictures for him and his wife when they were pregnant and so I saw, and they put it on the photographer's blog and so whatever. That's how I found out that he had 
was is was still had been married and there were kids involved didn't know how many kids didn't know if he was still didn't know anything and then he ended up telling me I didn't ask him about it but he ended up wanting to tell me before a second date in case I didn't want to go on the second date with him because of that information and since I had already found out on my own and like done the freak out on my own I came across as very like I'm okay with it you know because I had like I, I dealt with it on my own and I guess I went through the pros and cons and should I do this? I don't really remember putting too much thought into it. I maybe was nervous. And then by the time he told me, because he was so nervous when he told me, I took the role of being like calm and okay with it. But I remember we were in the car driving to the second date or driving back from it. And he was like, are you sure? Like, you want to do this? Like, I have kids. Like, and mind you, I was 23 at the time. I didn't know if I ever even wanted kids. I didn't believe in the institution of marriage. Like none of that made any sense to me. And I remember telling him like, I've never done this before. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Obviously I've never done this before. I have no experience with it, but I do love kids. I'm not worried about like whether or not I'm going to like your kids. Like I love kids. I was always a babysitter and I loved kids. Um, but I'm going to tell you now, like, I'm just always going to be honest with you. Like, if it gets to a point where I can't handle this anymore, I'm going to tell you. And we'll, as long as you're okay with that and open to it, like, we always just kind of had that openness. And then there was a time, like, maybe three or four dates, maybe later, we had, a, I, we had to have the conversation, like, is this serious or not? Like, what are our intentions? Because there are kids involved. I hadn't met them. But, you know that conversation had to happen quicker than it would have in maybe another relationship. And we had the discussion that we were both serious about each other and we wanted to do this. And yeah, that, that was it, I guess. <laughs> like I kind of just was like, I said, yes, I committed. I jumped in with both feet and I've just been kind of shooting from the hip ever since. How were they with you? They were fine. They were young. They were just turned two and like four and a half at the time, four or five. Um, and yeah, they were nice with me. It was, it was hard. It was hard. I, I dealt with like a lot of like mental health stuff at that time. Like I was going through a hard time already. And so like that, it was just happening at a dark time for me. So I know, I remember there was like a lot of anxiety and like panic attacks at that time and stuff. I went through like career changes. I like quit my job. I met him. I quit my job. Like we moved in together quickly, you know, I was taking care of his kids quickly. Like every, my whole life just like flipped upside down very quickly. And I just like, not without my choice. Like I was making these decisions and going in this direction of just going very quickly. And I was just kind of running forward without a plan. And yeah, so it was just, that was hard and it affected my mental health and the kids were, you know, they, they were friendly with me. It took a while for them to like warm up, which was fine. I understood that they needed to like trust me. I had to earn their trust. Um, the ex-wife was also always very kind to me. I was in a very fortunate situation where her and my husband both were like open to me, like raising the kids and like disciplining them and like making decisions because both of them were like, I trust you. Like, you seem like you know what you're doing. Like, go for it. And I had that conversation with my husband, like, early on after meeting the kids. Because they were, like, you know, re rambunctious, reckless boys without any rules. And they were, I was like, I'm not going to deal with this forever. Like, I'm not going to live in a house with teenagers who act like this. Like, I can't do this. So I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Like, I'm going to, I feel like I can help. I feel like I can offer some 
structure and all this stuff. And if you're open to that, I'll, I'll start doing it. Um, if you're not like, that's a different conversation, I guess. But, um, and he was like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. So like, please help, like do whatever you want to do. And since, yeah, that's always been the case. And that's, I'm very grateful for that. Cause if it were different and you know, if the ex-wife was the type of person who was like, Oh, who's there? Luna. <laughs> um, if his ex-wife was someone who was like, yeah, you don't get to tell my kids what to do. Um, you're not their mom. Uh, like stuff like that. Like I wouldn't probably have been able to stick around because that's just not my personality, but I do have a lot of autonomy in my life and that helps a lot. And yeah, it was just, it was just like a getting used to kind of thing. Like when it, that's like a whole other discussion, I guess, like being a stepmom and all that. I actually did a podcast with somebody. If you want, I can share it with you. He was a dad who was divorced and he, um, talks about like life as a single dad and dating, whatever. And he brought me on to talk about like what it was like dating a man with kids. So I, I share like the full length story there. So I'll share that with you. Um, but yeah, it was, it's always a learning game like today still forever. Like there, it's just having another person involved in the marriage. Like there were co-parents and that there, there's a lot of getting used to. There's a lot of checking yourself and checking your ego. And yeah, I just have to, yeah, there's a lot of work there, but I love my life. I love my life. I love being a stepmom. It made me, being a stepmom is what made me realize I could be a mom and that I wanted to be a mom. And now I get to be a mom to my daughter. And that's like the most enriching thing of my life. Um, yeah. It's nothing I would have ever dreamed for myself, imagined, cared to put any thought to. Like, it was never on the radar, ever. None of this. And it's just here now. So <laughs> that's my story. I guess I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it's flowing. Nice to see, like, families come together and actually work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's definitely hard. And it's, it is work, I think. Like I, with my husband, like, you know, it's not just like easy, you know, like I hear people say that, oh, their marriage is just so easy. Like you were saying that also. And it's, I don't, I wouldn't say it is. I think that him and I, um, are put together to help each other, like confront our stuff. Like that's something that we both offer each other a lot. And when we both realized that and articulated it, when it does happen, we're so much more appreciative of the moment. So like, yeah, we do argue, we butt heads, you know, that comes up, but like we never end a day without like being in love with each other and like a, grateful for each other and all of that. Like, so like we have this vision in our head of marriage is just these two people who are like obsessed with each other and oh my God, like loving and but like, yeah, like our, we're, we're these two, we're partners. I see him as like my, I'm over the moon in love with him every single day and I'm obsessed with him and he's he's the best man and the best father and, and all of that. But above all of that no, I have the best man. I have the best man. <laughs> the best you know, just wait that's like that's that's I think so important to feel. Like I do think that that's not mandatory, but I think that's a really important aspect of marriage is being able to like say that, right? Like I know that I'm obsessed with him and he's the best. Like I know. But above that, I would say that he, him being like a strong partner for me is 
is the, the, the winner. Like, that's what it is. Like, that's my marriage for me. Like he, he's, I love him and I'm obsessed with him and he's like the best things ever happened. But like, I can say that about friends and I can say that about my family, like, you know, like, but, but him being like this pillar next to me and this, this thing that we can lean on each other, like that aspect of marriage, I think is what makes it make sense to me. Like, that's when I was like, cause I wasn't going to get married. I was like, no, like he wanted to get married right away. And I was like, no, I don't believe in it. I think it's stupid. Everybody's getting divorced. You were just divorced. Like what, what is the point of all this? All again, and, yeah. But then I started seeing him as that and understanding what our relationship was. I was like, Oh, like now I understand what marriage is. That's marriage. Like coming back to that video, it's that it's the trusting. It's not knowing you're going to be, it's not the fairy tales, the butterflies, like, Oh, we're so in love, the honeymoon. It's not, that's not marriage. Marriage is the, the commitment to, to work through life together with another person and trusting that they want to do that with you. And so I guess that loops us back around to where we started. I I love how like, um, he, Jason Silva said, um, it's the trust fall. Mm -hmm. The trust fall. Marriage is a trust fall. Trust fall. Like every day I find myself just waking up and boom. Yep. Because it's a new day. You never know. You never know what can happen. And you just have to trust that it's always for you. Yep. With that trust, it's always going to be for you. And if it isn't for you one day, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Because you loved, you experienced. And I know that's something I'll say now. And if it wasn't for me, like, let's say in a few years from now and, and by chance, husband and I decide to part ways, which I really truthfully trust that that will be the case. But like I say, in unpredictable ways, but I, I can't make someone love me. Right. Like I can't. And I say that because I was in something for so many years that I was forcing. Right. And I don't want to be on the other end of that. Like, I don't want to make someone stay and be miserable with me when their heart is flowing in another. That makes so sense. every day you just got to wake up and trust that it's for you. And every day is for me. It's for me. It's for me. It's for me. Ah. I get, I get scared like normal because I look at my husband and I think he's the most beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know other women think that too. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful looking guy and I get scared. I get scared yeah. and I'm, oh my God, like, is there someone else more beautiful than me? And then I'm like, no, I'm the mother of his children. Yeah. We decided to take this and like build a family and, and do what we had to do to see what, like, look at what we have. And he's, I'm the most beautiful woman to him. Mm-hmm. And I need to believe that. I need to trust that. Yes. Yes. Every day. And it's not about him telling you all the time. And I'm sure he does. And it's nice to have him say that all the time, but it's about you trusting the words. It's about you trusting that truth. And that's that, the work. That, like I am because you are like all beauty mm-hmm. that I see. In, it's because it's in me. Mm, it's in that. me. It's in me. And I need to see that in me. Why is it so easy to see that in him and not in me? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's like such a great 
advice. That's a the perfect little nugget. I want to, I want to end with that, I guess, just that I am because you are mm-hmm. just at, attributing that to like every, everything in your life, everything, everything you see that you're like putting judgment toward, whether it's a good or bad judgment, it's because you're seeing yourself in that thing, in that person, in that experience. I love that. Mm. Oh my goodness. We're running out of time, but I wanted to, before we end, I mean, I would love for you to kind of call out like how we can keep in touch with you because that's part of it. And I'm going to include that in the notes as well. But first I wanted to thank you so much, like from the bottom of my heart, this was so random of me to ask you to do. And like, just to call upon someone and be like, Hey, spill your guts. I'm going to record it. I'm going to record half of it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to record it. And yeah. Thank you so, so much. Oh, really? Did this just freeze? Oh, okay. You're freezing up on me. Okay. Am I back? My internet connection is unable. Oh, God. I see you. Do you see me? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just thanking you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us hear your story, for sharing it, for letting me share it with other people. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You are so cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are so cool. I am because you are, Lauren. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're so right. You're so right. You're so right. I love it. I love it. So Bianca, I, how can we how can we stay in touch with you? How can people find you, learn from you? Because um, you got so sure. much good stuff to give. Yeah. And um find me on Instagram at B-E-E Cabrero. You know it. You can put it out there. Yeah, I'm going to send it out. Find my movement. It's at I, the I Am Movement series. Um, that you can find it off of my B Cabrero. Um, my main personal uh, Instagram is pretty much me and my children and my daily spiritual work and a lot of fun stuff that I post of my everyday life. And then the I Am is more of my events and yoga classes and um, fun stuff like this. <laughs> that I want to share on there too. Awesome. Thank you so much. What are you doing now for the rest of the day? I know you said you had a lazy morning. What are you doing the rest of the day? Well, hubby and I have a date. Ooh. When Luna goes, because you know, sometimes getting intimate is hard. So we yeah. have to pull. <laughs> so it's like a nap time date. I love it. We're going to spoon for a little bit. I love it. It's on the calendar. <laughs> That's good it advice. Is. <laughs> We're like, hey, Tomorrow, when Luna goes for a nap, we're gonna work soon, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 let's do it. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Oh Actually, he brought home he brought home food to cook, so he's gonna make me lunch and then. Mm. Damn, that's like my love language right there. Oh my god, food and spooning, forget it. You got me. Oh my god. Thank Hi. you for having me. I feel honored to do this. Share with you, and thank you for being so cool about my fuck up with the recording. <laughs> with the recording, I will figure that out. I'll make it work. It'll come out real nice. I'm sure. I'm trusting. I'm trust falling into the podcast. <laughs> Throw it up, baby. Oh God, send some good vibes my way as I figure this shit out. I'm gonna Google my way through it now. Always. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'll be talking to you in probably five minutes on Instagram, but thank you. I love you. I am because you are. Always. You're amazing. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Enjoy your spooning. I totally will. <laughs> Bye.
All right, perfect people. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Instagram at Perfect Podcast. That's P-E-R-F-C-K-E-D podcast. And if you're into the show as much as I am and know other people who should be doing this thing with us, Pixar didn't happen. Make sure to screenshot this episode inside your podcast app and share it on Instagram, making sure to tag us. And if you want to take it a step further and make this relationship Facebook official, you can join our private Perfect People Facebook group where we hang out with strangers on the internet. You down? Cool. Hit subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, and tune in next week for another conversation with a real person talking about real life in real time. Same time next week? Cool. See you then. Later.